Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. You know what day it is, right, Garrett? Is it a size of my Monday? Oh, it's a size of my Monday, baby, after a 16-13 comeback win. Had, ne- had it measured. Had it measured. Never a doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. That's that's the definition of a size them up Monday. You definitely feel like we're going to win the Super Bowl after that one. No question. Tyler Huntley's going to lead the way to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> hey. As much as I love Tyler, I'm sorry, buddy. But, you know, we'll take Lamar back. You know, when he's when he's right. Some some guy on the plane, by the way, when I was getting on, to, when I was boarding, somebody goes, hey, size them up Monday tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, buddy. I should have gotten his name and his address. That man deserves a T-shirt. He does. Unfortunately, we don't have any T-shirts, so he'd be waiting That's for true. about two years before he gets a T-shirt before we ever order them again. <laughs> but uh, it is a size them up Monday. Anytime you get a win, it feels that way, especially if you go on the road and you beat a team with your backup quarterback without your number one wide receiver without some of your top DBs, and then all the other injuries that the Ravens have had over the course of this season. That yep. was a – I know we all penciled this one in as the dubs at the beginning of the year, and we all kind of thought this would be one that the Ravens won, but that still doesn't diminish how difficult that situation was for the Ravens and how much credit this team deserves for getting that win. All right, so Garrett, so be honest. When you saw the inactives list come out, no Lamar, uh-huh. no Hollywood – no Anthony Averett, no Jimmy Smith, no Brandon Williams. What did you think? Um, honestly, I still felt like the Ravens would win, but I felt like it would be a tense game and kind of, I mean, it kind of exactly exactly what it was. I thought it would be a low-scoring game. I thought that the defense would play well, but they would have. Honestly, I felt like it played it would out be exactly, exactly what it was. Uh, yeah, like I thought the defense would play well, and I didn't think the Bears would have a huge day, but. As has been the case all year, I was worried about the big plays, and those bit the Ravens once again. Um, I thought the Ravens. The one thing I would say that was different from what I expected at that time, I thought the Ravens might run the ball sixty times. I thought it might look like an army. That would be a lot. I, I know. I'm like, exagger- I thought it'd be like forty to fifty. I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but I felt yeah. like it might be kind of an Army Navy game a little bit. Um, right. Also, that field. Just as a side note. The field was like a high school field. The grass was longer than I think I've ever seen in an NFL stadium, and it was in terrible shape. Uh, so that just kind of well, Randy Brown told me as we were walking to the the buses, we're leaving the game. Randy Brown was like, "Who's the Ravens' special teams coach?" Their kick, Justin Tucker's kicking coach, was like Ryan. I'm telling you, it was like walking on the beach. It was like <laughs> it was so sandy. It was literally like it was painted green sand. Yeah, it was. It, it was. was it the was, footing was terrible for Tucker, which makes his 46-yarder even more miraculous. Yeah, I mean, their kicker obviously missed one uh, from, what, right. 40? 40. Um, and the the field was in bad shape. It was in bad shape. And yeah. that just adds to the feeling of it just being like an Army-Navy game, you know, something out of like the 1930s where the forward pass. Anyway, I thought it might be that kind of well, a game. Well, all right, all right. So you say that, but now – what would you? What were you thinking when the Ravens needed a touchdown with a minute forty left? Yeah, needed to go down and score a touchdown. Uh, you know, were you, did you? Well, they had. Were you so confident then? Right. No, the confidence at that point was not as strong as it was earlier in the game. But I also <laughs> like to be to, to completely honest. I'm just like this team. I, I kind of am falling into the the narrative that we've talked about previously, which is. When you have these wins and you win in crazy circumstances, you just kind of feel like 
it's going to happen again. Now, a big part of the reason for that is I think there's so much confidence in Lamar Jackson and his ability to make magic happen that when the team's down, they feel like, well, Lamar's going to get us out of it. So when Lamar's not in it, it does kind of change that feeling. But even after that Bears touchdown, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, about a minute and a half left. you got timeouts left. You can go do this. I'm not right. ruling it out. Like I, I honestly, at that point, it's was basically like, like, do you have enough time? Like it's it, it's yeah, sure. Ravens have enough time. You don't even think about like who's on the field, all that stuff. It's like yeah, there's enough time for them to win, and there's like this belief now that it's just gonna happen. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy, no doubt. I also, I mean, I that, that's immediately where, immediately where my mind went. I also had flashbacks. I'm sure you did too. I mean, the fourth down, Andy Dalton long touchdown play. I mean, that took me oh, back gosh. to the Bengals play. From Did Tyler Boyd catch that pass? I it felt I the exact remember. same. I was like, is that the exact <laughs> same play? It was, it was from where I was standing. It was on the far side of the field. It was a fourth down play. It was a bomb from about the same dart down and distance. I think maybe the Bengals was a little bit closer. Um, I, I can't remember exactly. I don't remember. Exactly. But it was very it was similar. Different play. Little little different play. I mean, this is a cover zero blitz, double move on Westry. Yeah. The other one I could still imagine, you know, uh, C.J. Mosley in that lane, that throwing lane, almost getting his hand on it. Yeah. He went right over his hand, right between the corners, broken tackle. Now that – I see what you're saying. Yeah. But the other – the Bengals play seared in there too well to know that this one was a little different. <laughs> yeah. Well, but also and, the But stakes, as soon as Andy Dalton stakes. came into the game, as soon as Andy Dalton came into the game, I was like, oh, no, not the red rifle. Not yeah. the red rifle. Like, just, you know, it's back-to-back weeks now where the backup quarterback comes in. You're owning the guy who started the game. The backup quarterback comes in, and suddenly it's just a little bit of a spark. And I thought Calais Campbell said it well after the game. He's like, that just, it just happens. It's just like, you know, when the offense is in a rut and an, another quarterback comes in, it's just like sometimes it can just spark you. And then the, football is such a game of momentum, man. It really is. Like, they get two bang first play Andy Dalton hits Jimmy Graham for 15 20 yards whatever it was 25 yards then next play touchdown I mean and then you're like oh boy the Bears are awake they've you know come out Mm -hmm. of their slumber and uh credit to the Ravens for kind of stemming that a little bit you know I mean the defense kind of after the missed tackle and the long touchdown to Mooney you know regrouped and kept them in it close enough for the offense to to keep making some drives yeah yeah, uh, I agree. When when the backup quarterback come comes in and you're having success, you, you get nervous. You get. I, I felt like the Ravens, and they did. I mean, honestly, like we're, we keep it's kind of rinse and repeat when we're analyzing defensive performances for this team. <laughs> but like the defense played well for the most part. The Bears yep. weren't sustaining long drives. The Ravens were weren't giving up you know, big chunks on the ground. They were forcing the Bears to punt, and, you know, they got a turnover. They were getting pressure. Tyus Bowser had a great game. But then it's big plays again. And, you know, it's like the same type of, you know, like on the one on the Darnell Mooney play, it was kind of a combination of all the things. There was some – I think Chuck didn't take a great angle to make the play. There was a missed tackle that was thrown Brandon in there. Stevens, Brandon Stevens overran the play and didn't, yeah. know, didn't break down. Yeah, it was just like all the things that have shown up at times for the defense when they've struggled this year were kind mm-hmm. of encapsulated in that one play. Um, yeah, but at the end of the game, I was sitting there thinking like, okay, you know, the Bears are up 7-6 to six at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm like, man, like it's hard to pin it on the defense here. 
You know, I mean, you give up seven points in a game. I don't care how the one how the one touchdown happens, how they get the seven points. Yeah. But if you lose seven to six, you can't blame the defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, I mean, of course. You know, so like, um, but but then the the offense obviously heated up at the end, and um, the bear. We're all over the place, by the way. But the Bears' decision to go for it on fourth and one from midfield was a horrific decision. Mm-hmm. A horrific decision. I can't believe mm-hmm. they went for that. And, yeah. and the Bear, the Ravens, to their credit, Josh Bynes gets the stop with Matt Abige, take over at midfield, march it down. Although I think that's the one where the interception happened, right? I mean, right. They're in position to take retake the lead and in interception. It was. It was really the funny thing is, it's like the Ravens offensively for for struggling most of the day like kept moving the ball they just kept getting to midfield and it was the bermuda triangle and and stalling and stalling and stalling but it wasn't like they couldn't move like i don't know that the ravens offense have any three and outs i mean consistently moved the ball with huntley he played he played pretty darn well so yeah all right let's just we're we're bouncing all over the place but let's let's take the big picture view here okay ravens are now seven and three Mm -hmm. you can make an argument that they could be two and eight Honestly, mm-hmm. comeback wins against Kansas City, Detroit, Colts, Vikings, and now Bears. It's five five comeback wins, like improbable. Like I mean, Kansas City, they're marching down to win the game. Odafe Oa punches it out. Detroit, well, no, I mean you're backed up. Right. Fourth down miracle, sixty six yarder. Colts, how how many points were the Ravens down? Not I remember, one? but a lot. Yeah, a lot. Vikings game two fourteen point deficits, and now the Bears game. Now, Five. yeah, I think if you go through a lot of teams, you probably not to this extent, definitely not to this extent. But if you go through every team's record, you you can say, well, you should have lost that game. You also oh, for sure you could also say the Ravens probably should have won week one on Monday Night Football when they took a late lead, and then all of a sudden the Raiders came roaring back. Right, um, got a pick, got an end zone pick in overtime, had the ball in overtime. Yeah, yeah, like, that should have been a game that you win. So, right. like, I I hear what you're saying, and I think it, it that just I think that the the close nature of these games speaks to two things. One, I think that it's indicative of that this team has the resiliency and the composure to win in tough situations. And I think that's, for a lot of these players, that's kind of been, I guess, fortified over the past few years. Um, and that's just sort of a culture thing. And John Harbaugh sets the tone, I think, in that way mm-hmm. uh, to be able to win those close games. I also think it's a sign that the Ravens' margin for error and they're the yes is is diminished because so many talented players are not on the field and that was right. the case it's again yesterday thin. yes it's yeah. like you're not you're not blowing teams out i think in part even though they blew out the chargers but in general you're not blowing teams out because you don't have jk dobbins and gus edwards and marcus peters and ronnie stanley and go on down the list yesterday hollywood brown and anthony avery right. and jimmy smith it's like there, that's a long list of guys. A lot of money on the sidelines. Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams. You know, you keep right. rolling here. And I think that when you have, there's an effect of that. There is absolutely an effect of Deshaun that. Deshaun Elliott, LJ Fort, by the way. Yeah, Deshaun is a big loss. Yeah, absolutely. We keep going here. Come up with a few more names if we just <laughs> keep going the, through it. The assistant equipment manager. <laughs> so uh, I think that you you see the impact of that, but. Yeah. The Ravens also have good depth. They draft well. Um, they develop players. And they have a good culture that I think absorbs a lot of that, even if it is a razor-thin margin. 
Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, the, just the Ravens just aren't as good as a team as they would be with all those guys, clearly. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they would be just a much better team, and they would beat te- opponents more soundly. But okay. the NFL is a game of survivor, right? And the Ravens just keep not getting that torch extinguished. Right. They're, you know? I mean, like, nobody in the AFC is really thriving this year. What team is, like, awesome? Well, that's, you know, I mean, the yeah, the Patriots have won five in a row, and now people are saying the Patriots are they the best team? You know, every week it's always like, who's the best team in the AFC? Yeah, two weeks ago it was the Titans. You know, are the Chiefs now back? Well, you can know. go through the whole thing. I mean, the tight the Titans yesterday lose to the Texans. That was a shocker of yesterday. Two weeks right. ago, the Bills, Bills lost to the Bills Jags, got smacked then, up by the Colts. Right. Uh, how about this flip over to the NFC? The Vikings beat the Packers. Um, Right. You know, so that yeah. win against the Vikings, pretty good win. That Colts win, pretty good win. Um, yep. And I just think that the Ravens have beaten good teams. I think that's one thing that I have. Chiefs? Yeah, of course. Um, I think that's one, like, point that makes me feel really good about this team is that you look at the schedule, and I think everyone kind of said, ah, first half is, is a little soft. Well, there's been good teams that the Ravens have played in that stretch who they beat. Colts. Chargers, obviously the Chiefs, um, and then Vikings. Um, and so I know the second half gets even more difficult in a lot of ways, but I, I think the Ravens have a lot of good wins. So um, here's a question. This is kind of on the topic of what we're talking about. This is from uh, Nalady, Nalady Samella, right? It says, day okay. one lounge listener and flock member living in New York City. All the cliches this week, right? Game of inches, any given Sunday. My question is, since every good team has multiple bad wins and losses, I think. Yikes, Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the ceiling for this Ravens team since they're missing Marcus Peters, JK, the bus, Derek Wolf? Um, Every game seemingly is coming down to the last minute. Would making an AFC championship be a win for this team? And the lady says, can't possibly be the Super Bowl. Uh, given the injuries and bad luck, right? So what do you think? Oh, goodness. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think that every everything and anything is on the table. Like we're saying, you know, what team is great in the AFC? Like, what team is way better than the Ravens? They all have their flaws. They've yep. all had some stinkers of the games. And I say this, I feel like, every single week. The whole mission is to get in the dance. Yep. Just get in the dance, win, win the division, get there, and then... Who the heck knows what could happen? Yeah. Like, anything could happen once you get to the playoffs, you know? I mean, who thought in 2019 the Ravens are going to come out and lay a stinker against the Titans? Mm-hmm. Nobody thought the Titans could win that game, right? And so, like, you don't have to be the best team to win an AFC championship or go to the, win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl. You, don't ha- you just don't have to be the best team, you know? Like, yeah. the Ravens in 2012 were not as nearly as good a team as the Denver Broncos were that year. Mm-hmm. Denver Broncos were a way better team. But the Ravens beat them. Yeah. Right? And, and and then they went to the Super Bowl, and they were riding high and had confidence, and Joe Flacco was on his run, and they won it all. Like, there's nothing to say. The Ravens obviously are a good enough team to get to the playoffs. Absolutely. And we're going to find out more about this team over the next three-game span. Browns, Steelers, Browns. We're going to find out a lot more whether they're contenders or pretenders. I think they're contenders. Yep. And And so they're absolutely good enough to get there. And then once you get there, who knows yeah i'm not ruling out anything i know the lady's already looking for the the you know consolation prize just settle in for this afc championship that's a victory i don't i wouldn't rule out anything yet also the bonus question in here is there a chance that hollywood can still make the pro bowl i would say yes 
Um, mm-hmm. But he can't miss too much time because then all yeah. of a sudden the numbers aren't oh, as yeah. impressive. You just can't miss, you know. If he misses multiple games, it's going to be tough. Yeah. So, um, and then the lady ends the email uh, with saying, uh, okay, back to some pumpkin beers and trolling my Steelers fans. So, enjoy that. <laughs> enjoy that. Love love both of those things. Yes. Um, so, let's talk about Tyler Huntley. I mean, what a moment for that kid, man. I, I just, like, really am happy for him that he had that day. Like, yeah. that's a day that he will never forget for the rest of his life. And I, and I like Snoop, man. He just, like... Here's the thing I think that John Harbaugh was kind of trying to describe about about Snoop is like he just keeps playing, right? Like he and Lamar have this quality where it's like one bad play can happen and it really doesn't have any effect on them. Like you see Lamar get angry in the moment or whatever and like go to the bench and and get, be angry or whatever. But like they just they just keep coming at you. Mm-hmm. They just keep fighting and like they never they never seem like shaken by anything they like like they just like playing football man it's just it just to me is like a very south florida thing it's like man i just love the game i love playing and like bad stuff can happen and they just like kind of just shake it off and just they just keep coming at you man Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah and that's what i like really saw from tyler yesterday was like he took takes six sacks he's running for his life half of the game and whatever he's got a cut eye yeah you know like bandaged eye and he just he just kept coming yeah i think that he relished the opportunity i also like i don't think that you can diminish kind of like the craziness of the week leading up to it and i think a lot of times like you know there's always injuries in football so you're used to that but this was different and i think that like like well midweek injuries you're not used to it's like okay who has a chance on Wednesday yeah, yeah. and then we'll see if they improve well enough over the week. This was like guys going down on Friday. You're like, what the heck is happening? Well, and your, your quarterback who's sick and who, and who's, who's had this happen before where he's missed a practice or two during the week. And then you're like, all right, well, whatever. He'll be back out there on Friday. You prefer to him not to miss the practice time, but he's, he's fine. And then he, he was out there on Friday and he seemed fine said he's all good. And then all of a sudden Saturday he takes, you know, takes a dip and, and then even up to the Sunday morning, the question is whether he's going to be able to go. And, and Tyler Huntley said after the game that he found out on his way to the bus to the stadium on Sunday morning that he was going to get the start from a, Wild. by a text from Lamar saying, go do your thing. And, Wild. and like, I think that just kind of encapsulates how crazy the circumstances were leading up to this game. Like, I think everyone was feeling it. I think a lot of times players will kind of be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's, you know, next man up, we handle all those things. But, like, Marlon Humphrey, I thought, gave a pretty good, like, insight into the whole thing when he talked to the media yeah. after the game. And he basically was like, you know, it's crazy. Lamar comes back on Friday, and then I'm looking at him on the plane on Saturday, and he's curled up in a ball. And I'm like, this guy doesn't look like he's ready to play football tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't seem like he's getting ready to go. And- well, Marlon also was talking, like, to the to the cornerback injuries, Avery and yeah. Jimmy Smith. You know, he's like, I'm standing next to a guy, and just suddenly he's injured. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere. Just, like. You know, it kind of reminded me, honestly, what was running through my head was how Marlon was talking to us about the Marcus Peters, Gus Edwards practice when yeah. we both went down and, and like within two minutes of each other. Uh-huh. And he was just like, what you just are like, everybody's like, what the hell? You know, like, that's what it seemed like during the week. Like, 
I mean, and for you and I, like we're out in Chicago on Saturday night. I'm scarfing an entire deep dish pizza, <laughs> and I'm and texting you like, "What in the world?" When Hollywood gets ruled out, you're like, "What is happening I right know. now?" I know. I think the players were feeling the same way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I said, like I think a lot of times it's easy to be like, "Yeah, you know, whatever." Next man up, injuries happen, but this wasn't that. This is so different. Right. This is so unique to have your quarterback like seemingly fine. 48 hours before the game and then hanging in the balance up until Sunday morning. And yep. that's, you know, there's all these other positions too that like are crazy, but still within that kind of football injury realm, not totally, but, but more in that realm, but to have yep. all of that kind of happening. And also like, you know, it was coming off of a 10 day break uh, because you played Thursday night and, and you often you think, all right, well you get some guys back, you know, that's kind of well, been a mis- It's been a misnomer. You know, we we talked about that at the bye. All right, you know, the cavalry's coming basically, and and that right. and it's gone the other direction. Um, yeah, but well, the Bears were in the same situation coming off a of bye, and they were extremely banged up too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, both teams like took a nosedive. Both teams were very shorthanded yesterday, which explains kind of the game that we got in, in a way. Yeah, um, and the Bears, but, I mean, they, they they ended the game with a backup quarterback too. Right. I mean, I I. Um, I think I was not alone and, and everybody also feeling even when like Lamar took a nosedive on Saturday. I mean, I just thought that there's no way that Lamar Jackson doesn't play the game. Mm-hmm. Like, like I thought he would have to be actively puking on the field yeah, to not play that game. You know, like I, even I was just saying to people around Chicago talking about the game Saturday night and like, oh, is Lamar going to play? I'm like, man, this is the Jordan flu game. <laughs> this is the Michael Jordan flu game, baby. In Chicago. Like, nothing. <laughs> In Chicago, that's what I'm saying. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, nothing. You know, of course, Lamar's not going to be on the sideline. He's going to play. Yeah. But, like, and that's why I asked John Harbaugh after the game, like, was he pushing you? Like, how close was he? Was he pushing you to play or whatever? He was just like, no, just way too sick. Like, he knew there's no way he could play. Um, I'll tell you, if I see Lamar Jackson around the building, I am taking a U-turn today. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um I'm triple masked. Yeah. Triple masked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, just, yeah, just a weird week. And, I mean, the thing that I come away thinking is, like, how many times, even this this whole past week, when I feel like I was, you know, Greg Roman's personal defender, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, everybody was just saying, well, Lamar Jackson is the whole reason this offense is, you know, had success and won these games and everybody's giving Lamar all the credit and he's carrying this offense. Greg, you know, is, is holding us back and Lamar's carrying us. I think there, everybody around Baltimore felt like if you don't have Lamar Jackson on the field, I probably have said these words myself. If you don't have Lamar Jackson on the field, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way, right? I mean, he is the offense. Well, well, Snoop, Snoop dig did dog has something to say about that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, I think that one you know, thing that's interesting about Snoop is like, I remember when the Ravens signed him as an undrafted free agent uh, last year, and you know we did our podcast with him because he had the historic game against Lamar back in high school where they went back and yep. forth, and it was kind of just this crazy circumstances. But like, you, the Ravens made the decision to keep him on the practice squad, um, and at a time when they already had two other quarterbacks in RG three. Um, and Trace McSorley, yep. and I, Snoop referenced that last night, basically saying, I, I, "I want you know the Ravens gave me a shot and they decided to keep me, um, 
And, you know, he kind of, he earned his spot too. He, he made the most of the opportunities when he did get them. So it's, you know, obviously give him the credit, but I'm just like, I, I think that going with, going with Snoop and keeping him is, is another sign of how the Ravens have kind of built this offense and the structure of it around Lamar. Um, and cause mm-hmm. he can slide into that spot and play that role oh, so well. Um, absolutely. And that was the reason. I mean, he just needed some seasoning, but they saw yeah. that like it, we don't have to change the entire offense. If Lamar J- Jackson goes down because we got Snoop who plays with a similar style. Right. And so I think that the, the, the personnel deserves credit for that, for, for, you know, targeting this guy as an undrafted free agent. And then also obviously the coaches for, you know, yep. developing and giving him the seasoning that you're talking about. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's also give Devonta Freeman a little love here. Scores the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, kind of forget about that three-yard uh, push up the middle. And you talk about a guy who uh, has just had to kind of step in and do the job. You know what I mean? After the the, the injuries, I mean, I think a lot, some people thought Freeman was just done. Yeah, you know, he was in New Orleans in the preseason. He probably wasn't going to get a job there. I mean, he didn't. He got cut. You know, and he's just sitting on the free agent keep and sure like you know maybe there's not as much explosion as there used to be there but i'll tell you what the guy deserves credit for just grinding it out both in the running game and the receiving game Mm -hmm. i've been impressed with him as a receiver like he just makes catches yeah and and gets up field and tries to get what he can get i mean credit to him for just being a grinder because the ravens would be in a tough spot i think without him and he's kind of risen to the top of that running back heap you know i mean out snapping Latavius Murray, who was coming off, you know, his first game since the ankle, but still, you know, Le'Veon Bell, the Ravens ended up parting ways with him. Like of that trio of veterans that the Ravens have brought in, Freeman is has kind of seized the the lead job. Yeah, I I think he has. I, I think that that's a. Uh, I think that that could change. I mean, I think that it was. I don't think that it's like a super firm grip. Um, oh, I think that he and Latavius Murray will probably just about split the job. Yeah, yeah. Once Murray has a little more snaps under his belt. Yep. I, I mean, I, that's, yeah. I, I think that's, uh, but, you know, he, I think he deserves credit and obviously gets the game-winning touchdown. And, um, you know, I said at the start that I thought maybe this would be a game where the Ravens just, I, I was, one thing I was a little bit, I guess, disappointed with, you know what, let's take a quick break and then and then dive back into this. Sunday is right around the corner. Draft your lineups now to feel the sweat with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the Baltimore Ravens. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game. Download the DraftKings app to check out all the action and daily contests. New users enter code FLOG when signing up to get a special offer. That's code FLOG and get a special sign-up bonus. Eligibility restrictions applies. See DraftKings.com for details. You know, we're talking about the running game. Um, one thing I was a little discouraged with is I thought that the Ravens might be able to have a little bit more success on the ground um, than they did. Now, they finished with 123 rushing yards. So you think of that, you say that's good. Um, Tyler Huntley had 40. Devonta Freeman had 49. Latavius Murray had 32. And Matt Pat Ricard had one carry for two yards. Big Pat rumbling for two. So, um, yeah. Was that one that fourth down? Or yeah, something? I think it was either fourth or third and short. But third, yeah. third and one, yeah, one of those. So, I thought the offense might be able to run the ball a little bit better, knowing they were getting uh, Patrick McCarry back, that uh, they got Latavius Nick Murray Boyle. back, and they got Nick Boyle back. Now, 
It's not like the running and game. And they were got going no- against a defense that was banged up at defensive tackle with Akeem Hicks out, and I think lost another defense tackle during the game. Well, and also uh, not the Khalil Mack is he's known as a pass right. rusher, but just a dominant player. Still, he was out. Yeah. So I thought that they might really lean, and obviously Lamar Jackson was out. So I thought this might be a game where they just run, 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 and they, that really wasn't the case. Um, Chicago still has good linebackers. Roquan Smith's a really good player, so you know they can come downhill and make plays, but. That what was your take on that? Did that surprise you at all? Do you think that's just kind of what the offense is right now? Uh, yeah, I thought the I thought the ground game was good enough, right? It, it wasn't great. It didn't win the you know well it did win the game right? <laughs> game winning uh, run, but like you know it was good enough. Like I just think that this this is what the Ravens' ground game is going to be for the most part. Like none of these running backs are going to have I think hundred yard days. You know they're all going to average or you know I think if they average four yards a carry, you're probably happy. Like what? What's hurting them is like they just don't have explosive plays in the run game at all, mm-hmm. right? And like I think mid game I tweeted I miss J.K. Dobbins. Like mm-hmm. you know, like there's just plays where you look at it and you're like, man, J.K. is gets yards over expectation. Like he can break some pl- big plays. The Ravens' running game isn't breaking any big plays right now. Mm-hmm. And I, and and honestly, I don't foresee many happening. Yeah, I hope we get a few. You know. Yeah. And um. But but it, like I said at the beginning, and giving him some props, like they grinded it out. Like you you know you you needed some like in critical times. You know Murray had some good runs up the middle. Like Freeman had some whatever four yard, five yards runs that were important. You know, yeah. And like they kind of. I also think that the ground game with Tyler Huntley at quarterback, like they clearly know he's not as much of a, a passing threat as Lamar Jackson would be. Yeah, they can, and so they can kind of more. go down. Right, they can go downhill on the running game a little bit. I think if Lamar's under center yesterday, the Ravens probably have more success running the ball. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think it was it was certainly a good sign to get Nick Boyle back. I think he was probably a little bit rusty. And um, Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's his first game in a year. Yeah, like, and like I think from he'll a get serious better. injury. A serious injury that has taken a yeah. lot of time to recover from. But I, I think... Ben that, Cleveland didn't really play once, right. he gets, once he gets back and, you know kind of knocks off the rust for him i think that'll help the run game a little bit we all know ken mccusick big did you see ben cleveland's boots by the way i did i saw him raven raven's logos on the cowboy boots strong yes if he suits up with those on we're <laughs> gonna be unstoppable put some cleats on the bottom of those bad boys and let's roll i i do think i do think that there is potential for the run game to maybe as the office is boyle is back and gets more into a groove to that maybe open up some holes here and, and maybe allow the Ravens to lean on it a little bit more and have some more success yeah. in the cold months. Because I do think Boyle, like, like I mean, I think Boyle deserves a ton of credit because it has not been an easy road. You know, we talked to him back before training camp, and it and, and that felt like he was getting close, and that was, <laughs> he still had four months to go, basically. Um, right. And it was a grind to get to that point. So I think he deserves a ton of credit for getting to getting himself back on the field after a really serious injury that was not an easy recovery. And I just think that yeah. he is going to only get better, and that will create some more opportunities uh, in the run game as well. Yep. All right, so let's talk about the defense. Um, you know, we kind of already talked about a familiar story here. But let's go to the positive. Tyus Bowser. Yeah, great game. Monster day. I mean, Bowser was full Nintendo Bowser <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> just slamming Mario and Luigi around. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he had two sacks, could have had more. One, I think, was overturned by a penalty or replay or yeah. something like that. 
Uh, another one, uh, which the, was originally ruled a sack fumble that the Ravens returned for a touchdown, got overturned, rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but, like, I mean, the guy just had a monster game, which is great to see because I think, you know, he's been a, a all-around good player, you know, valuable piece to have after signing that contract extension. But to see him kind of break out in this way, as a, particularly as a pass rusher, um, I think takes the defense to a whole nother level. Yeah, if he can get after the quarterback and, and rack up sacks and have multi-sack games, then that is going to be – that's a difference maker for the defense. Over this year, he's got four and a half sacks and then the forced fumble uh, from yesterday. But he – you know, the thing that's with Tyus Bowser is that his role is not just pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. That's kind of how no, the Ravens yeah. are using, you know, Justin Houston. Tyus Bowser is more of a Swiss Army knife. of He'll drop in coverage – He's got great hands when the ball comes his way. You know, last year he had the interceptions. That that bag is still that trick is still in his bag. And John Harbaugh made the point after the game uh, that this guy is playing as well as any outside linebacker in terms of all the things that he does and brings to the table. And yeah. I thought that was a real endorsement for him. I, I know that there's probably Ravens fans. We saw the tweets, you know, when the Patriots are playing and Matthew Judon's having a big day and uh, you know gets to double digit sacks. And I think everyone knew that Judon was a really good player. I mean, I think we all knew that. I didn't. I didn't realize he was this good, though. Yeah, there's th- this is a reminder that like Tyus Bowser's a pretty darn good player too, and we saw that yesterday. Yeah, well, and he came at a much lower cost. Oh yeah, he's a fraction of the uh, cost for, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I when Tyus was talking after the game, and I'm just looking at this guy. Honestly, like what was running through my head was like, could could Tyus Bowser become? And after hearing what Harb said, like, could Tyus Bowser like become a a beast like could he could he like take that next like you look at the guy and i mean physically i mean goodness gracious i don't know if there's anybody better than tyus bowser mm-hmm. you know and like he's got the speed he's got the attributes i think he's he's just grown i mean john talked about him as a leader like mentally i think he's in a much better place than he was early in his career obviously the confidence has done a lot for that you know you get to make some plays and you, you get your teammates excited about you. You get the coaches. You get the contract extension. Like, I think just everything's kind of adding up in the right way for Tyus. And I really wonder what the guy's ceiling is. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, what is this guy's potential ultimately? Because I think he's still he's still ascending. ascending. And, and yeah, and that's why and that's why the Ravens signed him to that contract extension. Is I think they they see a lot more meat on the bone for Tyus Bowser. Yeah, and I think we got a pretty pretty good bite off that bone yesterday with those two sacks yep. and the forced fumble, and I just think that he is, like you said, if 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 he can kind of turn up the heat in the pass rush department and get after quarterbacks the way he did Fields and Dalton, well then that makes life easier on everybody on that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It was a pretty good day for the pass rush overall. I mean, Justin Houston got a sack. Jalen yeah. Ferguson had some pressure. You know, replacing uh, Pernell McPhee, which is kind of an important thing. You know, Fergie didn't have a ton of snaps, but made the most of them. Got the punt block yeah. deflection. Um, so, you know, I think defensively right now, one of the tough things for them, and Wink Martindale talked about it last week that he's had to have difficult conversations, is is the safety play. And, and Chuck Clark specifically, I think um, – you know, is not playing up to uh, how he would like to play right now and ha- what he's capable of playing to. And I, I think Chuck's a, a really good player, and he's a huge piece of this defense from a mental standpoint, you know, film room, all that stuff. Like, he's just a leader, right? He wears the helmet, communicates all the calls. 
all that stuff. But he's had some tackling issues. He had, you know, that was the issue with the Mooney touchdown. He mm-hmm. was one of the culprits in that. There was a late game play. I think, you know, the Bears are facing a third and long. Flip it out to Montgomery, Dave Montgomery, and, and Chuck had him one-on-one and, and missed, and Montgomery picked up nine yards or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think I do think that the Ravens defense just needs better safety play, quite honestly. And Brandon Stevens, I kind of give a little bit of a pass to, considering he's a converted third-round rookie. Yeah. And still very much learning. Chuck, Chuck just is, is just, you know, it's not, it's not, I'm not trying to dog him, but I think he, he knows he could play better. And that's kind of what Wink, I think, was alluding to with those difficult conversations. It's guys making mistakes who don't typically make mistakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, and when the mistakes have shown up, it's in the form of a 60 yard touchdown. And that's what's yeah. been made him so, I guess, painful to a certain extent yeah. is like, uh, you miss a tackle, you know, and it's a ten yard gain. All right, we'll get him this next get him this next set of downs. Well no, it's a missed tackle where two safeties both misplay it and kind of take each other out and then Mooney gets a free run and he's now he's now running sixty yards down the field for a touchdown to take the lead. You just yep. it's we sound like a broken record. Those big plays they didn't ultimately end up hurting the Ravens yesterday, and that's the good news. But yeah. it's a dangerous, dangerous thing when those plays are happening. And they have hurt the Ravens this year. They have hurt them. Well, and, so- well, and the, yeah, the tough part is is if you're giving up big plays and you're not getting a lot of big plays, right? The Ravens were getting a lot more big plays offensively earlier in the year. You know, Hollywood and Denver comes to mind, you know. But you're not getting big plays like we talked about in the running game, particularly. And, you know... Lamar has had a couple of his tougher games. Miami obviously was horrible, um, you know, and, and, and even before that Bengals game was not great. Like, so you're giving up too many and you're not getting any, that's a tough. And, and if you're not winning the turnover battle, which the Ravens have not gotten a lot of defensive turnovers, they did get the forced fumble from Bowser. That, <laughs> did you, do you notice by the way, well, you didn't sit next to me in the press box, which I'm a little miffed about well, well, because you, we couldn't use our, have our usual drawing. Back yeah, and but forth. I had a your your name was right next to mine. You, you know, made the decision. You sat elsewhere. No, I didn't. Well, Joe Ortiz, Joe Ortiz. I walk in the press box. I'm like, oh, here's my seat. He's like, yeah, there's a bunch of open seats over there. I don't know what I did to Joe, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to bring in our pre-draft pod. I'm gonna bring this up that he booted me. I don't know what I did. Did I smell bad? Did I look bad? Bad breath? I don't know. Whatever it was, I didn't Joe that was happened. like, yeah, I see some. All halfway across the press box over there, buddy. Yeah, I think there's some open so, seats in the uh, upper deck. You can go sit outside. Yeah, <laughs> but I tried to recruit you to come over. It was nice over there. You know, it was nice and luxurious. Yeah, but, but I, I get up there. I had already had the computer unpacked. Everything's plugged in. I didn't wasn't really interested in, you know, moving my location. Uprooting. Uprooting in the middle of the game. All right. I feel you. Anyway, <laughs> um, what were we talking about? I don't know. We got off track there. We got off track there. <laughs> but totally look, lost it. No, look, it's a uh, here. Here's what we should be talking about. There are still okay. you. Know, we we're talking about the defense and the big plays and all that. But there's those are still things that the defense has to improve. I think that they need to. The safeties need to play at a higher level. They need. Oh to, wait, I just remembered. I just remembered. I just remembered. I was. I was sorry to cut you off. Actually, I'm not that sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so. Did you notice on the forced fumble, uh, we were talking about turnovers. The Ravens haven't gotten a lot of turnovers defensively. Bowser forces the fumble. Did you see PQ try to scoop 
scoop it. Calais just... to scoop and score again. Calais was... was like, nah, dog. Nah, dog. I I, I was say... all actually. I was kind of yeah. Like, there was no one around him. He, I thought he could maybe. I Yo, thought he that's might be... what we thought last time too. I know, but then also Calais was scoop... like, mm. <laughs> no, we're not playing that. <laughs> Calais basically had made the same play that offensive lineman did in Miami. He like went full extension, just dove. I'm just falling on this thing. Um, <laughs> so bravo, Calais. Bravo, <laughs> sir. Um, but yeah, that that was pretty funny. But yeah, I mean. Kind of what to what I was gonna say, like if you're not getting a lot of defensive turnovers, you're not getting a lot of big offensive plays, like and and you're not, you know, you're turning the ball over on offense too much, like all that stuff usually adds up to not sitting here at seven and three. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Ravens have to keep overcoming themselves also, but like at a certain point you just kind of wonder, is this who they are? Is this who the defense is? You know, are they just a, a dominant defense for ninety percent of the game and the other ten percent watch out? Like we, we like we said we've seen it over and over again you know so i know you just wonder <laughs> yeah i i think that i'm holding out hope that for these games here down the stretch that the 98 percent wins out you know that basically yeah. what we're seeing in those in the majority of these games uh ends up being the way that this team plays versus the two percent um, and so that's how I'm looking at it as we go into this this stretch here, um, starting with a divisional game, Sunday Night Football against the Browns right here in Baltimore. So we are. it, it is Thanksgiving week, um, so that means start mentally preparing for the meal uh, Thursday. You got to start. Yep. You got to start just getting your mind right for that. You know, it's a, it is an endeavor of a day. Oh, I'm still trying to digest all the pizza that I ate in Chicago. <laughs> I, I delivered on my promise okay. just for you listeners out there. Oh, oh yeah. Ten, it was, I got the de- delivery. It took two hours, right? I, well, deep I, dish so takes a while to cook. Well, yeah. So I didn't get the pizza delivered till 1030 oh, in my hotel room. Take it out. They didn't pack. They didn't cut it because I guess the <laughs> sauce would just run all over the place. And I'm in a hotel. I don't have a pizza cutter. I don't have a plate. I don't have any utensils. I just get a pizza, uncut pizza. I start going at it like an animal, just hands, just only hands, ripping off pieces. I I, I won't lie. We got a little sauce on the bed sheets. <laughs> the, the, bed, the bed sheets got sauce. I called in the morning and I said, I, I apologize, but there is a large pizza stain from this sauce just bopping off of that thing. I was like, are you taking this out of my deposit? They said no. So it was a good weekend. That's good. That's good. <laughs> So uh, good luck on the pizza, pizza digestion or <laughs> digesting front. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we, we will have a podcast later this week. Um, and we, we'll talk a little bit more about the Browns game and also have a guest. And uh, also get ready for Thanksgiving. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you later this week. Bye.